this one time. He said, in, in the NFL, there are two types of coaches. There are those who have been fired and those who are going to be. If you follow football or sports at all, you understand that inevitably, 99.9% of the time, that coach is going to get fired. He's not going to perform the way that everyone thinks he should perform. And he's going to get fired. So there's two kinds of coaches. Those who have been fired or those who haven't been. And we could say the same thing about people who have been hurt. There's two types of people. There's people who have been hurt. Or I hate to break it to you. If you haven't been. We live in a pain-filled world. Jesus put it this way in John chapter 16, verse 33. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Thank God he didn't just stop there. Thank God there's a rest of the story. He said, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Statistics will show us that one in three people here today are experiencing some kind of hurt. Some kind of thing that is tormenting you. Some kind of, of itch, situation or issue that you're struggling with. If you look around today, go ahead and look around. Everybody look around. Maybe you look, it should be a song, look around. Um, maybe it is. If you look around, what do you see? I'll tell you what you see. I'll tell you what I see. Standing down here, I can see you all. And I see a lot of people who are wearing masks. You're not bad people. You're great people. But I see a lot of people who are wearing masks. Why? Because society has trained us to hide our hurts. Society has tried to make us believe that it's not normal. And when you look around, you may just see people who look normal. In reality, you may look at someone, they might be fighting cancer. You look around and you see people who look normal, but they may have just lost a loved one. You look around and you see people who look normal, but it could be a 16-year-old girl who's afraid that she may be pregnant. You look around and you see people who look normal, but, but maybe they're just fed up with their job. They're just tired of the same old, same old every day. You look around and you see people who look normal, but they could be coming up on the holidays knowing that at that Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner, there, there's going to be an empty chair. You look around and see people, you may think they're normal. They could be thinking about taking their own life. But I've got good news. No matter what your hurt is. No matter what 
you're trying to hide. No matter where that hurt came from, there's one thing in common. There's hope beyond the hurt. There is hope beyond the hurt. David in Psalm chapter 62, verse 5 through 8, he said, Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in Him at all times. Pour out your heart to Him, for God is our refuge. David is saying here that if you're hurting, God can heal you. If you will give it to Him, if you will look to Him, we find hope, we find healing and comfort in God. We find hope, we find healing, and we find comfort in God. You see, God never promised us that there would not be hurt. But He did promise you that when you're hurting, He will be with you. Those of you who have children, how many people know that that kids sometimes always get hurt? They always get hurt. Reese was coming home last Sunday. She's a little clumsy. She was wearing high heel shoes. You know, it's a, it's a I want to say a teenager thing, but she's a long way from there, so y'all pray for me. She was getting out of someone's vehicle and she just fell, tripped on her shoes. I go out and they say, Reese fell getting out of the car. She tried to look tough, act like it didn't hurt. But after the friend was gone and everybody was, it was just her and I. Her mother wasn't even home. She said, I think my knee's bleeding. She started pulling up her pants. Well, sure enough, it was bleeding. Those of you who know me know that I don't do blood. But in that moment, in that moment, I wanted to take care of her. I wanted to fix it. And what I pray this morning is, is that if you're here this morning, and I know you're here. Statistics don't lie. And you've been hiding a hurt. When your child gets hurt, run to you. They want that comfort. And my challenge to you this morning as we look at how to deal with our hurts is that you will have the courage to run into the arms of the one who can fix it. Run into the arms of the one who can fix it. So what must we do first? What is the first step The first step is that we must learn to identify it. Identify that wound. 
Identify that hurt. It may be something very subtle. It could be just a, a subtle betrayal, a subtle hurt. And then for others of us, it, there may be no mistaking. As soon as I began to, to talk about this, you knew exactly what it was. It's so profound that it's affected every issue, every area of your life. Some of you may have grew up with an alcoholic parent. And it has plagued you every day of your life. You remember every single night wondering what kind of mood they were going to be in. Some of you, it may be, you may be, you may have lost your job. You may be unemployed. And you feel like that God has let you down. Others of you, you someone may have cheated on you or betrayed you. But you must identify it. You must be willing to, to look inside of yourself and say, this is the hurt that I've been covering up. This is the thing that if I could truly get victory over, it would change my life. But how does God heal us from the wounds that we carry? How does He do that? He can only do it if we first identify it, and then secondly, we acknowledge it. Too often we keep our hurt buried. Society has taught us that it makes us weak if we admit that we have hurt. They did a study of 3,000 athletes, and 42% of them admitted to hiding injuries. 42% of them admitted that, that there were things that they knew were there, but they hid them. They kept them silent. They didn't want to admit it. David once again writes in Psalm chapter 13 verses 1 and 2, O Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul? with sorrow in my heart every day. Here David is saying, God, I'm hurting. God, I feel like that you've betrayed me. How long do I have to, to deal with this? David had absolutely no problem acknowledging the fact that he was hurting. And here we have a man that says that he was after God's own heart. But he identified the things all throughout Psalm, if you read. David is all the time admitting and acknowledging the fact that he's hurting. So after we identify it, and after we acknowledge it, then what? It's then and only then that God can help us. If that athlete keeps that injury hidden, it's not going to get treatment. If you have something that's ailing you, and you just continue to hide it, instead of going to the doctor, outside of just a miraculous healing, which God can do, but it's not going to get better. 
If you're not willing to identify the issue, acknowledge that it's a problem, you can't get healed. So when we identify it and we acknowledge it, then God can help us. So how does God heal us? How does he heal us? I want to look at two ways. First, God heals us through his people. God heals us through his people. As we were talking about your child. Those of you who maybe you don't have children now, maybe it's just your husband. I'm a baby. If I get hurt, the first thing I'm going to do is run to my wife. Can you fix this? I remember in college one day she was washing dishes. Glass broke, cut her hand. She just sucked it up. She was just standing there, you know. If I cut my hand, you would think Freddy Krueger got a hold of me. Just sticking with the Halloween theme, okay? But kids instinctively run to the person they trust the most. Kids will run to the place where they can be vulnerable. They run to the place where they feel like that they can be comforted and healed. But something happens in us. When we were a child, that's the way that we did things. But as we begin to to grow older, sometimes things change. When we experience a hurt, something that is keeping us from living the life that God intended us to live, as we grow older, something changes. And instead of running to the people who love us the most... We run from them. We isolate ourselves. We put on a mask and we say, I'm good. It's not that big of a deal. I could give you countless examples of people that I've been tremendously close to. In over 20 years of ministry. And something happens in their life. They experience a hurt. And then there's two kinds of people. There's people who will allow God to heal them by using people. And then there's those who fall off the face of the earth. They disappear. They do exactly the opposite of what can help bring them healing. They run. They hide. They act as if it's not that big of a deal. And can I tell you, if you look around you today, sitting right here in this auditorium are the greatest blessings that you can have in life. When you're hurting, the people sitting around you right now, God can use them to help heal you. 
Romans chapter 12 verse 15 says this, Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. You may have heard it, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. You see, if we are doing what God has called us to do, and I thank God every day for this church, because we have a group of people who live out this verse. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. God has placed blessings all around you. You're not here by accident. This is why the church and a church family is so important. Because you're going to get hurt. You're going to struggle. You're going to have things that want to rip you away and tear at you every day. But your greatest resource is what God has placed around you right now. He can heal you through the people that you see right now. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. What is being said here? Why does God comfort us? Why does He comfort us? It says, so we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. You've heard me say it many times, but God doesn't waste your hurt. I am a strong and a firm believer that when we go through something, that God will use that down the road for us to be able to do what it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. There have been things in our life that we have went through And when we're going through them, we think, what in the world is going on? We feel just like David wrote in Psalm chapter 62, God, how long are we going to have to deal with this? How long is this going to go on? How long until until it ends? And we're going through that. But in the end, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we have learned. That that thing that we've went through, that hurt that we have experienced, God's going to use that. Just as He said He would here. God's going to put people in your life, in your path. It may even require you looking a little bit. But take that hurt and allow God To use you to heal people. Secondly, God heals us through His presence. God heals us through His presence. Unfortunately, as a society and as people, we are very good at at using coping, coping mechanisms. 
we're very good at using things to deal with our pain. But I can tell you without hesitation that the presence of God is, is better than whatever you can pour into your glass. It's better than that prescription drug that you could get addicted to. It's better than that bag of Oreos that you have hid. That every time you get stressed, you pull it out from under the bed. My grandpa used to have a big roll of pepperoni stuck down in his tool room. When he was getting stressed, he would go down, he'd cut some of that off. And sometimes I would go down and I would catch him. And he would try to give me hush money. Take a piece of this. Don't tell everybody, anybody it's here. But the presence of God is better than anything that you can turn to. Any coping mechanism that you can use, the presence of God is much greater. Acts chapter 3 tells us to turn to God so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Turn to God so that times of refreshing. How many people walked in here this morning feeling like that you needed refreshed? How many people wake up every morning after a good night's sleep feeling like you need to be refreshed? tells us in Acts 3, he says, turn to God so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Can I tell you that there are days that even being pastor that I have a hard time dragging myself out of bed. But I can tell you that the days that I get up or I just lay there, meditate on the presence of the Lord, I feel refreshed. Even if it means I had to, to wake up 30 minutes earlier than normal, I feel refreshed. He said, turn to God so that times of refreshing may come. From the presence of the Lord. God heals us through His presence. David, before he was king, he was on the run. His entire life was marked by just trying to physically stay alive because King Saul was trying to kill him. He was constantly in danger. He was constantly being accused by others. 
Yet in Psalm chapter 71, verse 14, he wrote this, But I will keep on hoping for your help. I will praise you more and more. So how can David say that? How can David keep praising? It's because he understood that his refreshing came from the presence of God. He said, I'll praise you more and more. David, how can you say that you're going to have hope? You may be looking at this morning, you may be looking, and you're thinking in the back of your mind, you don't know what I've been through. You're thinking it's easy for you to stand up there and proclaim what you're preaching, but you don't know what I've been through. And you're right, for many of you, I do not know what you've been through. But I can be confident that there's always hope. How is that? Psalm chapter 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Isaiah 53 and 5 says this, But He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says this, Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Psalm 147 verse 3 says it's not there. One forty seven verse three says this. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Psalm 91, 1 and 2 says this, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust Him. How do I know that there's always hope? Because I stand on this word. He has made promises to us. He has guaranteed to us that when it feels like that the whole world is crashing around us, that there's hope. When you're dealing with hurts that you think that you will never be able to overcome, hurts that are real, We've talked about it so many times around here. This is a place where you can take off your mask. This is a place where you can be real. And just being real this morning, I know without a doubt, you have hurts. I have hurts. But there's always hope. There's always hope. And His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Some of you here today, you're hiding. You're hiding a hurt 
and you've been hiding it for a long time. You're hiding behind that hurt. And it feels as if it's created a barrier. Not only between you and other people, but between you and God. You feel so distant from Him. You feel separated from Him. It's been a long time since you've truly been able to feel His presence, to have intimacy with Him. Some of you feel as if that hurt, that thing that you experienced, keeps you separated from Him. But Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39 says this, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. You see, God knows you're hurt. When your child gets hurt, even if they're doing something stupid, the first thing you want to do before you say you shouldn't have been doing something stupid. You want to fix it. And God is looking at you this morning. Some of you, the hurt is a result of something that you've done. Some, the hurt is something that you had no control over. It doesn't make any difference to God. He's our comforter. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's our refuge. He's our fortress. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. And he's begging you today. He's begging you today. He's saying, run into my arms. I'm here. I've got you. You're going to be just fine. If there's a wound in your life that's been shoved down, that's been buried, it's time to dig it up. 
It's time to identify it. It's time to acknowledge it. It's time to be healed. Maybe there's something that's, that's so painful. It's time to allow God's people and His presence to heal you. You might be here this morning and you say, you know what? I didn't even know that God cared. I didn't even know that He was concerned. I've never even considered taking this hurt and giving it to Him. Today's your day. Today is your day. God is saying, give it to me. Maybe for the first time in your life, He wants you to know that He's concerned about your pain. It doesn't mean that you'll never suffer it again. It doesn't mean that by making a decision to to give it to Him and, and to give your life completely to Him, But what it does mean is that all of these promises in His Word will be available to you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor J.W., I've never truly made that decision to follow after Him. I've never made that decision. I've tried it my way. It's never worked. God is begging you right now. Step across the line. You're here this morning, you say, I've never made a decision to follow Christ. I ask you to slip your hand up. Would there be one? I've never made a decision. You might be here this morning. You may say, Pastor JW, I'm doing everything I can to please Him. I'm doing everything that that I know to do in my own power to live a life that He's called me to live. But if I were to truly take off the mask this morning, people would be able to see the hurt And 
have been hiding it for so long. I've been trying to deal with it on my own. I never realized or understood that God wanted me to be healed through his people or through his presence. And I'm tired. I'm tired of wearing the mask. I'm tired of trying to hide it. I want to be healed. If that's you, and I, I know you're here because statistics don't lie. If that's you, unless you just slip up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All across this building. I've had such a an expectancy in my spirit. Over what we were talking about today. Because out of all the things that we've talked about, I believed and I knew that God wanted to heal some people today from your hurt, from your pain. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. Part of taking off the mask is being willing being willing to allow people to see and know who you really are what you're going through and I believe a big part of that will be you raised your hand to walk down those steps to come and stand in front of me and allow people to know that you're hurting and then watching God do something miraculous watching people gather around you and pray Allowing God to heal you through His people. And allowing His Holy Spirit to comfort you and to heal you through His presence. So if you raised your hand, I'm going to pray. And as I'm praying, Don't hesitate. Take off the mask. Know that we all have hurts. We all have pains. And we're here for each other. Come and stand at this altar and we're going to
believe with you. As I pray, dear Heavenly Father, I come before you right now. God, I know without anything, any doubt, there are people in this auditorium who need to know that you love them. And God is... I've done all that I can do. God, I've tried my best to to listen, to deliver the message that you placed on my heart. But God, I know that where human effort can stop and stops, God, your presence your spirit will do things accomplish things that we can't do on our own God I thank you for your promises that you're our healer God, so many times we we look at that as just our physical ailments. But God, I believe that not only do you heal physically, but God, you heal emotionally. God, you heal financially. God, you heal us from the pain and the hurt that we try so hard to cover up. God, I pray right now for those who have been bold enough to walk down front. God, those who are trusting and believing that they're going to leave here different than they came in. God, through your people and through your presence, God, heal them.